Chapter 9 of Rival Pictures of Oakdale. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenneth Sargent Gagan. Rival Pictures of Oakdale by Morgan Scott. Chapter 9 The First Inning. A white streak went shooting through the air. Something whizzed high and close past Ingley, who dodged a bit. Ball one, called the umpire. Spare him, Phil. Don't hit him, cried Chipper Cooper, moving about nervously. Their speed came from Siley Crane. He can't see that kind. Get him over. Please get him over if he can, entreated Bob Larkins, who had taken a position on the coaching line near first base. All right, Phil, said Roger Elliott quietly and reassuringly. Returning the ball, you've got powder behind him. Springer's nervousness had returned with redoubled force. He seemed to feel something quivering somewhere within himself, and, having forgotten to get a chew of gum, he suddenly realized that his mouth was dry as a chip. When Roger called for an out, he bent the ball so wide of the plate that Elliot scarcely succeeded in stopping it. Oh, dear me, whooped Larkins. He can't find the pan. Take a Rambo thing. Wait and he'll walk you. To Springer's relief, Elliot did not seem disturbed. Roger signaled next for a straight one, and held up his mitt behind the inside corner of the plate, doing his best to be steady. Phil responded by sending one over that corner, and Dingley, waiting, heard the umpire call strike. Oh, yes, he'll walk him not, laughed Cooper. Let him wait. He'll have a chance to ramble to the bench in a minute. Phil saw Elliot smile a bit through the meshes of his catching mask, and then, nodding at the signal for a drop, he started the ball high, but it gave it a proper twist to bring it shooting down across the batter's shoulders. Two strikes!' declared the umpire, at which Dingley shook his head protestingly. "'My eye! He is a good waiter!' yelled Cooper, gaily. He's worked in a restaurant some time. You've got him now, Phil. Trying to pull Dingley, Phil again used a curve that was too wide, and the third ball was called. The batter gripped his club and stood ready, determination in his manner. The infielders crouched on their toes, and the outfielders were prepared to run in any direction. Springer leaned forward to get the signal, then swung into an elaborate delivery, which he had practiced. Another drop was tried, but this time Dingley hit it up in the air popped the ball, and Cooper, yelling, I'll take it, raced over behind second to smother it surely when it came down. Something like a sigh of relief escaped Springer's lips when he saw the ball held by the lively little shortstop, and in a measure his confidence was restored. They can't hit that kind out of the infield, Spring, old daddy, laughed Cooper. You've got an elegant collection up your sleeve today. The home crowd cheered, and Barville sent out Pratt, the second batter. Here's the next victim, cried Jack Nelson from his position near second. He'll be easy, too. Pratt was clever at sacrificing, but without a runner ahead of him, it was up to him to try for a hit, and he could foul the first two balls off. Now you've got him for sure, Phil, said Cooper. He's a regular hen-rooster robber. He loves fouls. Don't let him get away, for if he does, he'll crow. 
as two strikes and no balls have been called pratt apparently expecting springer to waste the next one and in that he made his mistake for phil growing steadier put over a sizzler on the inside corner you're out shouted the umpire and pratt turned sadly and disgustedly toward the bench wonder what that barville bunch is going to do with those horns and cowbells cried cooper as the oakdale cheer died away whiting the next batter poked a hot one directly at chipper who plunged forward to get it on the first bound and made a miserable fumble chasing the ball the little fellow snapped it up and threw wild to crane whiting improved his chances to take second where he laughingly came to anchor chafing cooper who was making some very uncomplimentary remarks about himself here we go here we go roared larkins now we score on your toes whitey here's the boy to drive you home springer shivered suddenly as he saw the stocky redhead catcher of the visiting team step into the batter's box something told phil that copley would hit the ball and in keen apprehension he pitched the first two so wide of the plate that elliot was forced to stretch himself to get them copley hunched his shoulders and grinned tauntingly at the nervous fellow on the slab ah put one over yards lost your nerve going to walk me you don't dare apparently he had relaxed and was holding his bat carelessly so phil tried to push over a swift straight one with a smash copley landed on the horse side driving it toward right field ah gasped the spectators go yelled larkin score on it whitey it's a two-bagger out there in right garden rooney grant was springing after that ball almost as it left copley's bat there seemed scarcely a chance for grant to reach the whistling sphere but he covered ground with amazing speed and leaped into the air thrusting out his bare right hand the ball smacked into that unprotected hand and stuck there as grant dropped back to the turf a few too eager enthusiasts on the barville bleachers had started to blow horns and ring bells when they beheld copley's drive shooting safely to all appearances into that unoccupied portion of the field now of a sudden these sounds were drowned by the great yell almost a roar of joyous relief and exultation which burst from the oakdale sympathizers on those seats boys wearing the crimson colors jumped up and down shrieking wildly while they pounded other boys similarly decorated over their heads and shoulders girls likewise screamed waving frenetically the bright banners on each of which was emblazoned a large white letter o at the smash of the bat and ball phil springer's teeth had snapped together as if to guard his heart from leaping from his mouth and despairingly he had whirled around to watch the course of the ball perceiving it out of the corner of his eye whiting with a long start off second barely tearing up the ground as he flew towards third on his way to the plate phil likewise saw rod grant stretching himself to get that whistling white spear and even as the voice within the pitcher's brain seemed to cry he can't touch it the texan made that amazing leap into the air and held the ball mercy grasped phil what a catch he waited for grant who came loping in from the field his face flushed his eyes full of laughter oh you dandy cried phil 
giving his chum a resounding open-handed slap on the shoulder. "'That was reaching for it, some. "'I sure didn't think I could touch it,' confessed Rod. "'But I was bound to try my hand summits for it, "'which was a characteristic of the young Texan. "'They're cheering for you,' said Phil. "'Then jovially he reached and lifted Rod's cap with one hand, "'at the same time using the other hand to give his companion's head a push, "'thus forcing him to bow. "'Newt Copley survived Oakdale's right fielder disgustedly. That was a fearful blind stab, he said sourly. Didn't you know you had it, did you? Not till I looked to see, acknowledged Rod pleasantly. Ellie gave the boy from Texas a look of approval. That's the way to get after them, he said. That's playing baseball and supporting a pitcher. I was pretty rotten, wasn't I, said Phil, with a touch of dejection. Far from it, returned the captain. You were pretty good. Copley was the only man who really made a bid for a hit. Sure, chipped in Cooper. I was the real, rank thing. And if they scored, I'd been responsible for it. I should have nipped Whiting without a struggle. Phil suddenly felt better, as if it was true that none of the first four men to face him, the pick of the enemy's batters, had hit safely, for which, cutting out Grant's performance, he was immediately inclined to take the credit do quite as much, however, to Elliot as to him. Sanger warmed up a bit by whipping a few to Larkins at first, while Copley was buckling on the body protector and adjusting the mask. Oakdale had put her second baseman, Jack Nelson, at the head of the batting order, and Jack did not delay the game by loafing on his way into the batter's box. "'Get the first one, Sang,' barked Copley, squatting behind the plate and giving a signal— he looks like a mark. Keep him off the pan, Mr. Umpire, and make him stay in his box. Then, under his breath, speaking just loud enough for Nelson to hear, he added, Not that it makes any difference, for he couldn't hit a balloon. Couldn't I, muttered Jack, strangely annoyed, where there was something indescribably irritating about the manner in which the red-headed catcher had sneered those words. This irritation grew when Sanger warped over the two zigzags, and Nelson missed them both. Copley made no further remark, but his husky chucklings over the batter's failures sent the blood to Nelson's head and assisted him in finally misjudging a high one on the inside corner. "'They're out,' pronounced the umpire. "'That's the pitching cap,' laughed Larkins. "'They had their fun with you last year. Now it's your turn.' Berlin Barker, regarded as an excellent batsman, was almost as easy for Sanger. True, Barker did foul the ball once, but that was the only time he touched it, and he likewise returned to the bench in a much disturbed frame of mind. Mr. Umpire called Elliot. Will you keep that catcher from talking to the batters? Go on, growled Copley. Who's talking to them? I can talk to the pitcher if I choose, and I've got a right to have a little conversation with myself. Don't pay any attention to him, Springer, warned Roger. That's his trick. Phil also missed the first ball delivered by Sanger. This fellow thinks he can pitch, cried Copley. He's had a dream. There he goes, Mr. Umpire, cried Roger. He's talking to the batter again. Oh, say, forget it, scoffed the red-headed backstop. I'm talking about our pitcher. He can't pitch a little bit. Oh, no, he's just dreamed he could. That's all. Put another one right over the pan, Cap. There's no danger. But Sanger, 
taking Copley's signal, Ben went wide and Phil fouled it off into the first base bleachers, where it was deftly caught by a spectator. He's in a hole, said Copley. I wonder how these people ever got a head off you, Sang. The batter tried to steady himself. Two teasers he disdained, and then bit at a drop and he was out. Sanger, having fanned the first three men to face him, which seemed to justify the Barville spectators in breaking forth with their horns and bells at last, and they did so tumultuously. End of chapter 9 Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan